Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey everybody, welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to BuyersAuto.com. Check out what they've got for you. Anything you're looking for in Central Ohio, Buyers Automotive's got you covered. We've got you covered on this episode of Talking Stuff. It is another uh, list version of the show today. Myself, Andrew Ellis, and Zach Carpenter are going to break down the top targets in the class of 2023 for Ohio State as we see them. It may not always be that we agree. Maybe you don't. Who knows? Uh, Let's just get to it. Andrew and Zach, thanks for taking time to join us on the list. We're talking stuff about Ohio State football recruiting. A few weeks ago, guys, we did the class of 2022, the top nine players as we see it that were still remaining on the board for the Buckeyes in that class. Today, for the first time, we're opening up the full complement of 2023 options there's only been one player on the list uh our other show on youtube here that has been in the class of 2023 that was sunny styles let's just uh spoiler alert we all have sunny styles as number one on our list right yeah Correct. yeah could we so, we could probably just knock that out of the park right now and just get yeah. to it so let's just talk sunny styles first because this is obviously the most important recruit in the class of 2023 and i drew a little bit of ire from people on the message board the other day uh, when I said that I thought it could be arguably uh, the most important in-state recruit in the last 20 years for Ohio State. Am I crazy for saying that? Or do either of you agree or or say, or am I wrong? Um, I, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, the the way the Ohio State linebacker room has looked this season, especially early on, um, that's not been great 
They've only got one in the fold right now for 2022. Depending on how you view Gabe Powers, I guess you could say two. Uh, so no, I mean that's that's what goes into all of us having him number one on our list. So you're not wrong by any means. I mean, you're absolutely crazy, but it has nothing to do with Sonny Styles and your your, your praise of him. I mean, you just got to stop listening to people on message boards, Berm. Well, I don't think That's I want to start. I don't want to. I want to start listening to people on on the Letterman Lounge more often because I feel like you know their their input is important. But here's the reason I say that: number one, he's an Ohio State legacy. Okay, I mean that's obvious. His dad played at Ohio State. Number two, he's an Ohio State legacy who's grown up his entire life twenty minutes from the Ohio State campus. You you simply can't lose that player at six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pounds by the time he gets to campus. The athleticism he has to play the one high safety, to play in a in a bullet role, to play linebacker. He can play defensive end. He could play tight end, wide receiver. It, he is such a unique athlete. And I know that people bring up players like Paris Johnson or Jack Sawyer, who are clear cut five star, you know, talents who were early commitments to Ohio State. And those guys were obviously very important. But there was never a single moment of doubt where those guys were going to go to school. And from every single perspective, Sonny Styles is a perfect fit for what Ohio State wants to do defensively, what they are culturally, uh, and, and what it means for people in the state of Ohio to be a Buckeye. So the idea that you could potentially lose that player to Notre Dame uh, because his brother goes to school there, I think makes such like a puts such a spotlight and a white hot spotlight on that recruit. And. There's going to be a lot of panic over the next couple months when he makes numerous trips to South Bend to see his brother. So we know that's coming, but I think some people are putting a little bit too much into his brother being there and how that's going to impact things. This is just an entirely, entirely different situation situation than what uh, Lorenzo had. So, yeah, still think that's a that's still a thing though. His brother being there, I mean, I still think it's I think, still think it's factor, but not maybe not the end all be all. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, speaking of, of Sonny, I know he's 6'4", 2, 15, whatever, whatever way he's at now. And I was thinking about this when I was making the list, when I was uh, making this earlier, um, because I just did the I just did the film story on Xavier Wampa. And I was taking a look at Kyle Hamilton, Ronnie Hickman and um, Dane Belton. And Sonny kind of reminds me a little bit of that Kyle Hamilton, that he could play that type of role. He I mean, I, I don't know. Am I crazy, Berm? Am I crazy? No, I mean, you're, he's a very unique athlete. He's also, I mean, he's the type of player that if he went into the weight program at a place like Ohio State, could end up at 245, 250 pounds and be Baron Browning or Malik Harrison type at linebacker, that super freaky, uh, you know, edge rusher. He could be a 255-pound defensive end and, and be a, a, a Von Miller type. I mean, he, he has a lot of different skill sets that he's developing, and I think that that's where Ohio State – really made hay with him this past summer at their one day camps because they let him come into camp and say, Hey, where, who do you want to learn from today? And that's, that's a cool opportunity. And I think that just underscores the importance for him and why he's number one on our list. We could talk about Sonny Styles for a long time. We have talked about Sonny Styles for a long time, months already with months ahead of us uh, to continue to do so. So I don't want to spend all of our time there. Sonny Styles is number one. We could end the show there, but that'd be silly. Uh, we're going to go back down to, the number nine spot on our list and uh, Andrew will get started with you. And I'd like to hear your rationale for your, your first pick because Zach and I each have the same guy at number nine. Yeah. So number nine on my list is uh, Peyton Kirkland, offensive lineman out of the state of Florida. 
Um, it's just offensive line is so weird right now because they're still working on a few pieces for, for tw- the current class. And then, you know, you got a guy down in Florida who's made he – was, he was on campus this summer. You know, the entire SEC is after him. I don't think the offensive line board has fully come together yet, but I definitely think Peyton Kirkland is on that mini board per se. So he's number nine on my list right now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree that he belongs on the list. He did not make mine. If this was a 10-person list, I think he would have. Um, he's a Midwest kid originally, big-bodied, six foot seven, 320-pounder. I, I think that obviously that pure tackle frame is very important. Um in that class because the Buckeyes are clearly not going to sign another one of those pure tackles in 2022. I don't think unless something magically happens with, uh, you know, uh, Emil Wagner, um, Zach and I, we, we each have the same guy at number nine, Zach, I'll let you explain why we have Carnell Tate, the wide receiver from IMG there. Well, I have no idea why you have him there, but I have him there because he's still important enough to be included on the list. I mean, we talk about Ohio state's loaded receivers room and, uh, in the 21 and 22 classes, but you still have to bring in that talent, uh, at least uh, in the in the following class, at least one of those guys. Um, I think the number is what two receivers there. Uh, probably. probably look, this could be a small receivers class of 23, and um, him and Zachariah Branch are the main two guys I think on the board. There's completely different, completely different uh, skill sets and types of receivers, but um, just the percent. I think it's a perception thing too of if Ohio State wins this they're able to continue battling against that too many receivers argument. Um, they're able to kind of squash this little building uh, Ohio State versus Notre Dame recruiting rivalry a little bit. I mean, it's just one recruitment, but. Yeah, um, we'll talk about a handful of them on this show, so it yeah. does matter. Um, and then you're able to crack IMG. Um, Ohio State's had some trouble, especially in the with what J.C. Latham and uh, guys like Jahad Campbell. Um uh, just to name a couple guys off the bat that they've had down there. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if, if that's one, a couple of the reasons maybe that you had him on the list too. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, it's clear Brian Hartline has prioritized him uh, for the last few months, uh, even probably ahead of someone like Brandon Ennis, who most people have as the number one ranked receiver in the country. I know Brian Hartline likes Brandon Ennis as a player, and I think that they're building a relationship still. But I think that it's clear Carnell Tate, again, a Midwest guy originally from Chicago, that sort of Midwest mentality, I think, resonates at Ohio State. I was back and forth between Carnell and Zachariah Branch here, and I thought about putting Branch in because of the potential that he brings on special teams and a kick and slash punt returner and, and his 10-3 speed. Um, but I went with Carnell Tate because as you look at the Ohio State roster with Jackson Smith and, and Jigba, Julian Fleming, uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, a lot of these guys – uh, even Marvin Harrison could potentially be in, in, in Emeka Buka could be on their final year at Ohio State by the time Carnell Tate steps on the campus. I think they need that bigger bodied outside guy that uh, that they've really sort of become the bread and butter of the Ohio State offense at wide receiver. So that's why I went with him. Um, so number eight, uh, Zach, we all we have three different choices for number eight. So that's always good. I like that because it means we're thinking we're thinking, boys and girls. We're out here thinking. Uh, Andrew, you went defensive end here, and you had two defensive ends on your list. I'm interested eventually to hear why you have them in the places that they do, but go ahead with uh, your number eight. Yeah, number eight on my list is uh, Mateo Uyunglele, uh out of California, the powerhouse John Bosco program. Um, I mean, defensive end is going to be a need again. We saw them load up in 21 with Jack Sawyer and JT Tui Malowal. We'll see what the 
22, 22 class ends up looking like at the position. We don't have a real good picture of that right now. Larry Johnson doesn't have a single commitment yet. Um, but Mateo has been on campus already. Um, it doesn't seem like he's going to follow in his brother's footsteps from what we've been kind of hearing. So that's why I got him on my list at number eight. Yeah, I know, Zach, you have uh, Mateo on your list up a little bit higher. So we'll talk about that a little bit as you get there. I do not have him on my list because I, I, I think that Ohio State is going to do fine at 2022 defensive and defensive line recruiting. And while they're going to need one or two in that class of 2023, I wouldn't have it as priority one or priority one through nine on that list just yet. But uh, Zach, you're number eight. Yeah, I, I flip flop back and forth. I had I had Caleb Downs as my number eight, and uh, I had him a little higher. I think I have a number five, number six on my original list. Um, and I just kept thinking about it. They do have um, their safety numbers. I don't know if they're in that dire uh, need for a safety like him in the 23 class with uh, what they have with Kai Stokes and the optimism that I still have that they're going to land Zion Branch um, in the 2022 class. And and Xavier Wampa, even though I know they play, I think Caleb Downs more of a traditional um, deep safety, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, you saw, you see how important that is uh, in in Ohio State's defense to have a reliable guy back there. I mean, Josh Proctor was coming into his own um, as a playmaker uh, in the in the back end of that defense, and once he's <clears throat> once he's been out, Bryson Shaw struggled, and then you're seeing Lathan Ransom have to go back there, which is. A good thing because it opens up Cam Martinez uh, to be in the slot, but but um, all those guys could be gone by the time that these kids get on campus, and that's why it's so. I think you have to have a safety on this list, and that's the way I see it. And then going back to, I I know that Ohio State's defense they're switching up schemes with with Matt Barnes at the helm. I still think Ryan Day ideally wants to have that cover one, cover three be their main look. And if you have a guy like Caleb Downs, we saw how effective Jordan Fuller could be um as sort of that eraser if you have a guy like a five-star talent number one ranked safety in, in the nation uh talent like Caleb Downs I think you're able to go back to that um back to that base defense a little more that that day wants to implement I don't know what you think I, I can't remember if you had Downs on your how well, I guess <laughs> I guess you're gonna find out he's not number eight on my list because Caden Proctor the five-star talent from Iowa the offensive tackle is my first offensive lineman on this list at number eight Again, I, I think that this is a situation where Ohio State is the big dog of the Midwest, and I think you need to be able to beat teams like Iowa for the players in their state. Uh, and that's not a knock on Iowa. It's a great program. They're clearly um, you know, ranked ahead of Ohio State right now in national rankings. But uh, historically and in you know modern times as well, the Buckeyes are the program that everyone is aiming for. I think to hold off teams like that, you need to be able to win those battles. Caden Proctor has that big body, 6'7", 6'8", 320-pound tackle body, moves extremely well, uh, plays super aggressive, just a big, nasty road grader. And I, I, that's the type of offensive lineman that I want. Uh, if I was putting a team together uh, and the relationship between him and Xavier Wampa, I think is very important. I think it's just another one of those guys that Ohio State has done a good job with so far. But I, I think Ryan Day is going to have to drive that boat a little bit uh, over the next two years to make sure that Caden Proctor understands that Ryan Day is the guy recruiting him because that's where the relationships really take off for the Buckeyes. Um, the, the Ohio State offensive line continues to develop NFL players, but there still seems to be a, a bit of a disconnect between some of these kids and, and Greg Studrara, and that's going to have to be 
figure it out one way or another. Um, number seven, you guys both have the same player. So go ahead. Whoever wants it, uh, fight to the death for it. I don't care. Andrew, you take it. You take first. Squid game. Okay. <laughs> uh, number seven on my list is uh, Tampa, Florida linebacker, Troy Bowles. Um, again, just linebackers are big. We talked about this with uh, Sonny Styles. Linebacker is going to be a big need in, in 2023. Probably going to take like three at the position. Uh, he's made trip to Columbus. I think he was at Rutgers last week to kind of check out probably Ohio State more so than Rutgers. Uh, his brother's uh, but, a walk on there at Rutgers, so it does help. And, yeah. and Rutgers made his top 16, Andrew. Come that, on. That's true. What are you doing? Leave How did I forget that? But I, I mean, I don't know. Right now, it seems like Ohio State's the clear leader. I really don't even know who's like his second and third on his list right now, but he's number seven on my list. Exactly. Yeah, I have nothing to add. We talked about the 2022 linebacker stuff uh, last week for like like 10, 15 minutes about how it seems like they're going more shifting to the 2023 class for that focus. So I think that's why he absolutely needs to be on the list. So not much to add. I do have Caleb Downs on my list uh, at, at safety, and he is number seven on my list. And, and I think, Zach, you hit the nail on the head. To me, Caleb Downs, the combination of athleticism and – um, at like acumen, the football brains that he has, his brothers at North Carolina, his dad played in the NFL. This is a kid who's a super smart football IQ type safety, and he's a he's a dynamic player. I also think it's always good for Ohio State to win recruiting battles in Georgia. Uh, I I've heard that this one might come down to Ohio State and Alabama more so than with the Bulldogs, but the way that Georgia's recruiting right now, obviously they're going to be involved. So it's just one of those battles with the biggest of the big in the country. Uh, Matt Barnes has done a great job for Ohio State. He's got a very good relationship with Jordan Hancock. Uh, the more that Hancock develops at Ohio State, the better opportunity that opens the door for the Buckeyes. So Caleb Downs to me is, is uh, number seven on my list. Number six, Andrew, you've got Carnell Tate, who we had at number nine. Why do you have him so much higher? Uh, I mean, you guys said a lot of it earlier, but I got him a little bit higher just because he's He's clearly Brian Hartline's number one guy right now. Um, a lot of the guys they have out there right now are going to be gone by the time he gets on campus. Um, you know, going up against Notre Dame, don't like losing recruiting battles to Notre Dame. So, you know, that's why he's number six on my list. Zach, you have Caden Proctor, who I just talked about a little bit at my number eight. You got him at six. You went to see him in Iowa two weeks ago. You got a pretty good sense of, of what he can do as a player. Why is he number six for you? You you said it a second ago. He's a 6'8", 335-pound physical freak who is as athletic as they come. I mean, he looks – I think I've said this like 20 times, but he looks every bit the part of a five-star prospect physically. He's a dancing grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have come up with that. All right. I'm going to write that one down. Um, he, he could be a future top 10, top 15 pick um, if everything goes right. I think offensive tackle, yes, you have George Fitzpatrick in the 23 or 2022 class. Um, but it looks like they're probably gonna gonna miss on some of their high caliber targets. Um, let's say the bingo card name, Keontae Goodwin, just for Andrew's sake. Um, okay, I think that makes offensive tackle that much more important in this class. And he is a I mean, he is deserving of that five-star billing. So um and yeah, again, Notre Dame, another Notre Dame, Alabama. If you beat those guys out for in Iowa, if you beat them out for Caden Proctor, just makes it even more important, more crucial. Yep. And as we're talking about Notre Dame, my number six on the board is Luke Montgomery, uh, the Finley, Ohio offensive lineman. 
Luke is so interesting to me because it seems like Notre Dame continues to push for him as a three-tech defensive tackle. I've seen him play a couple times. He's playing basically all five spots along the offensive line for Finley, barely playing any sort of defensive line. Played center. Uh, one time I went and saw him a few weeks ago, his first game ever playing center, he started practicing there a day beforehand. Was really good. I think that actually may be his future position in college is at center. I think that he's the type of player uh, football intelligence wise, athletic. He's a guy that you can really build an offensive line around. And I think the most important thing with Luke and why he's um, on my list here and obviously in state, but he is a Pied Piper man. Kids love Luke Montgomery. He is, he knows everyone. Uh, and again, I just don't think you can lose that battle for a kid in the state of Ohio to Notre Dame or Michigan or Penn State and those those teams. And, and Georgia's involved here, too, as an outsider. They're one of the ones that you've got to look at. But, um, you know, he's got a younger brother who's going to be a pretty talented quarterback prospect uh, playing and starting at Finley. So there's a lot of reasons why. But, you know, the relationships he has with Kevin Wilson, his dad knows Kevin Wilson very well. There's a lot of reasons that Luke Montgomery needs to end up at Ohio State. Uh, that's why he is absolutely on the list for me. Uh, Zach, you have a number five. So as we move into that, the next step up. Is there anything else you want to add on Luke Montgomery before Andrew gives his number five? Yeah. Do you think if I nod enough while you're talking, people understand that like I completely agree with you or do I need to like do it more vigorously? I mean, you could do like, you know, those, uh, those little like bobblehead birds that you put on a desk and they, you know, the little, tap the, it. <laughs> it drinks the water. Yeah. Maybe that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that. I mean, Pretty much every – I'm glad that you even hit on Ryan Montgomery in the 2025 class. That's another reason I had him on there. The fact that he's a class leader. Again, another reason I had him on there. In-state – I mean, if you could hear me – I know you just said that he might fit at center, but if you can humor me and, like, let's say that he does stick at offensive tackle, for all the things I said about why I had Caden Proctor up so high as an offensive tackle, same reasons for Luke Montgomery. I had him one spot higher because – uh, because of the in-state factor and um, class leader and everything, a lot yeah. of stuff you can He's just so versatile, and the Buckeyes are building so so many pieces of the offensive line with these guys that can play five positions, and that's, you know, I think uh, a factor when you start to recruit these guys. Andrew, number five for you is another Florida defensive uh, – a Florida player, and I think that that's part of this whole thing for you. you got three Florida guys on your list, and maybe they're all intertwined. Who's number five? Uh, number five on my list is uh, defensive lineman, edge rusher, uh, Derek LeBlanc. Um, multiple trips to Ohio State this summer. He was there in June, turned around, came back, and was it three? Okay. Three times. Wow. Okay. Even better. Um, but he made a trip to Tuscaloosa as well. Um, you know, right? I, you know, you talked about it earlier. If, if Ohio State finishes this 2022 class with Eni White, Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, and you know, that kind of a group, then the defense, the needed defensive end is going to be far less, but we don't really know where this 2022 class is going to go. So that's why Derek LeBlanc is number five. On yeah, my and, and you can't go wrong with that six foot six, 240 pounds, super long, super bendy. I mean, he's a kid who really understands leverage. Uh, and again, you know, he's close to Peyton Kirkland. He's paced to Rich, close to Richard Young. He's close to a lot of these guys and that does matter. Uh, I have A.J. Harris at number five on my list. Zach, you got a, a thought there on LeBlanqui? Yeah, um, he wasn't on my list. And I, like you said, Kirkland might make it if you if this was a 10-person list, if LeBlanc would have been my number 10. Um, the only other extra thing to add is just we talked about before, He's a he could be a potential class leader down in Florida, down in the south. So um, in, in an area of the country that they really want to 
own in on in the 2023 class. So that's just the extra little thing I wanted to add. Sounds good. I have number five at AJ Harris, and I know it's crazy a five star cornerback number five with the obvious needs that the Buckeyes are going to have. And I think that need actually grows now because of the the blossoming that's happening with Denzel Burke. And so now all of a sudden you should almost expect that he's a three year guy at Ohio State. So now the the need in that class might change. The Buckeyes have made it very clear to AJ Harris for the last five months that he is priority one for them at cornerback. Um, you know, I, and again, it, it's it's different, I think, because he's in that range where he plays at a private school down there in the, uh, you know, in, in Alabama, Phoenix City, Alabama. Doesn't play against the greatest competition week in and week out. But from what I've seen out of AJ when we were out at the opening, what I've seen him when we were at, and I saw him at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta, this kid's just a dog. Like, I, you need that kind of cornerback at Ohio State. It, it's almost like, uh, how can I say this? It's like a kid who's, Damon Arnett on the field, but Jordan Fuller off of it. And I think that that's the type of player that Ohio State needs right now. You need some of those guys that are a little bit uh, on edge when they're on the field and those kids that are super confident. Um, A.J. Harris is six foot one. He's 190 pounds. He runs well. He turns his hips well. He does everything you want out of a corner. And I, I think the Buckeyes can win that battle. I still think that they're a team that – People are not giving enough credit to in this recruitment. Um, and so to me, if you're only going to take one or two corners in that class, he's got to be one of them. So he's number five on my list. Uh, number four, Andrew, you had Luke Montgomery, who uh, Zach and I have already had. Why do you have Montgomery so much higher? Um, I mean, a big part of it is just kind of what you guys said earlier. He's going to be that C.J. Hicks type of dynamic recruiter for the class. Um, if he doesn't go to Ohio State, I'm guessing it might be Michigan or Notre Dame or one of those schools. Um, so that's why he's high on my list, wherever he's going to play on the offensive line. I love Caden Proctor. Like he's, that'd be the dream scenario. I just really don't know where, what Ohio state's chances truly are right there right now. So that's one of the reasons I got Luke Montgomery a little higher on my list. And the list does folks take into account how realistic a player is to end up at Ohio state. So that all is, you know, a piece of this puzzle. Uh, Zach, you have Mateo Uyangalele. Uyunglele at number four. I am terrible at those names. I'm really sorry, everyone. I'm not trying to be. You have him at number four. Uh, and I don't have him on my list. But I think he was the most impressive defensive player I saw all summer at Ohio State's camps. And so probably should be on my list from that perspective. But why do you have him at number four? I mean, bingo. Um, I had Sonny as the most impressive just because I've not not – at the camp specifically, but I've just seen him so much. So he was on, uh, he was on campus um, for the workouts. I have Mateo as the second uh, most impressive. You and I were standing side by side and we, we had seen Richard Young, Trayon Webb, uh, Christian Miller, or, uh, and Shamar Stewart. They uh, go through either Tony Alford's workouts or Larry Johnson's workouts and they're absolutely gassed. And Mateo is going through the same exact workout that, uh, those other defensive linemen went through and he's just like, it looked like his heart rate barely got above like whatever. It, it's like his pulse barely even was like, was, um, he wasn't even sweating Zach. He wasn't even sweating. Yeah. I, 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 had, I hadn't seen that all summer and he's just that game wrecking defensive end and going back to the cover one, cover three, uh, like schematic stuff. You had chase young in the, on the 2019 defense, which is, maybe the best Ohio State defense in the past decade. Um, it's, it's in the conversation. 
he's another one of those guys that is, I, I think, would be an absolute perfect fit for that that type of pass rushing role. And he's a Larry Johnson personality. I mean, how often do we talk about that? That so many defensive ends that he recruits are so much like him, and they just seem so uh, they seem so alike when they were uh, they were talking during that camp. I thought that it was really just fascinating. And, and anecdotally, for the people who don't get the inside baseball stuff, watching Ryan Day and watching Larry Johnson watch Mateo was eye-opening. Uh, I've never seen Larry Johnson look at a, a player the way he did at Mateo. Like, that was like perfect clay. Like, I could build something crazy out of this. Ryan Day called over to his mom and said, hey, uh, we're not letting him leave. So, I mean, they were like, can he get here now? Can he, can he can play for us now? Uh, he, that type of six foot five, 260 pound athleticism is rare. He could be a, a, a top 10 tight end if he wanted to be. That's a super freak, super freak. And one last thing to add, because you guys were talking about defensive end numbers, um, what you just wrote today, the fact that we might see some super seniors, might see uh, guys come back on Ohio State's current roster that we didn't expect to come back. So if, if the numbers wind up being less uh, like three or four in the 2022 class instead of the five that we had all that we always knew was the prime goal, I think that makes defensive end even more important in the class, whether it's Derek LeBlanc or um, Mateo Uyunglele. And I, I have him this high for that's another reason. I've got Chase Basantis at number four, the offensive lineman from New Jersey. And simply put, again, I think Ohio State's going to be desperate for offensive linemen in their class of 2023, especially because right now I really do feel like the odds are they're only going to sign three in the class of 2022, and it could be 20, only two because they're not going to go reaching for somebody that can't play at Ohio State. So if they miss out on Ernest Green, on Cam Dewberry, on Carson Hinsman, then I don't know what they're going to do. And I I think they may look for a one-year rental or something uh, at uh, offensive line of 22 in the, in the portal. I think a guy like Chase Basantis, again, he can play all five positions, and he is that New Jersey nasty. And I think the more you watch a guy like Luke Whipler, who maybe doesn't look like what you think an offensive lineman in college football needs to look like these days, but then you watch him play, and the kid is a he is an aggressive, talented, uh, understands leverage, great personality. He is the type of guy that Ohio State really builds their offensive lines around. And I think uh, he's a way, way higher top-of-the-board target for Ohio State than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, Andrew, you got A.J. Harris at number three. Why? I mean, you guys said most of it earlier. He's probably the best corner in the country for 2023. Um, he's a long guy. He's listed at like 6'1 or 6'2". Great kid, great family. Um, and if he doesn't end up at Ohio State, then Ohio State's probably going to be facing him in the playoff because it's going to be Georgia or Clemson or Bama. So number one guy on the board in the uh, at cornerback for Ohio State and number three on my list. Zach, you have a, a, a Florida player, running back Richard Young. Why is he number three and not number two? The old Richard Young. Um, I, we, another guy we saw at camp who was probably, in my mind, the most impressive offensive player I saw um, in a 23 class, maybe – combined with the 2022 class uh, who camped at Ohio State this summer. I think that's line. if they get him, that lines up to be an absolutely beautiful, perfect succession line with Travion Henderson because you're getting Travion Henderson, who's going to be a full-blown superstar by year three. He's already a star. He's going to be a full-blown superstar. 
Heisman Trophy candidate. And then you have Richard Young coming in as a freshman who would be able to spell Travion Henderson. And you would have potentially the best one-two uh, running back combo in the country and two five-stars, two of the uh, two guys ranked as the number one running back in their class. And you get to save Travion um, for games later down the road, Penn State, Michigan, Big Ten title game, college football playoff games, um, kind of like we're probably going to see now. Uh, like we saw against Rutgers um, last week, where he didn't have where he didn't have to play the second half. Um, I just think it's a perfect succession plan. And I was actually asked this summer, who do you think is more impressive, Richard Young or Travion Henderson? And Travion Henderson's, I, I think Travion Henderson is more complete, um, uh, complete running back. But Richard Young, I mean, we were there. He looked. He does not look like a 16 year old. He looks like a college football player already. I mean, yeah. he, yeah. He, he, he's he's a specimen. Um, I have Troy Bowles at number three, way higher than you guys do. So either I'm extremely smart or I'm extremely dumb. But I think it's clear Ohio State's moving to the defensive alignment where they want one of these bullet type players, these hybrid safety linebackers. And again, I want guys in the Ohio State defense more and more. You're seeing that there's there's a little bit of an edge missing from some of these guys. And I, I beg of you, turn on Troy Bowles tape and you will see a kid that enjoys hitting people. This is a kid who arrives with the intention uh, of hurting folks on the football field. And I actually am a fan of that mindset for, for youngsters because he does it responsibly. He's not reckless. He's not out there head hunting, but that kid brings the lumber. Um, real quick, because uh, people might ask, if he's being recruited, it's sort of that bullet type, need to make mention that Sonny Styles isn't being recruited specifically as a no, bullet, he's being recruited as that. Yeah, Sonny's a unicorn. It doesn't matter. Sonny can play wherever he wants, and those guys will be on the field at the same time without question. Uh, Troy is again, and this is something I think Ohio State pays a lot of attention to. As the son of an NFL defensive coordinator, that is the kid who understands football, and that sort of um, advanced placement class that he gets every single day. He talks to his dad will make him all the more ready to contribute early and often in his career at Ohio State. Uh, Andrew, you and I each have Richard Young at number two. So technically number one, because Sonny Styles doesn't count. Richard Young, go. I mean, he's the best running back in the country. Ohio State got the best running back in the country for 21. They've got Dallin Hayden committed right now for 22. And I think Dallin Hayden is really good. I don't want people to just forget about him because he's not the number one player at the position in the country. But, um, you know, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, I know Clemson's in there now too for Richard Young. So it would just be the perfect scenario to go from Travion Henderson, Dallin Hayden, Richard Young, perfect for Tony Alford. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's not a lot more I can say about Richard Young other than to just underscore what Zach said. As far as a physical specimen goes as a high school sophomore or high school junior, like it's pretty insane to, to look at Richard Young and realize that this is a kid who still has another season and a half of high school football. He's a freak with the ball in his hands. He's aggressive. Uh, and in personality wise, he's really a good fit for Ohio State. He, he made it to Columbus twice. He loves Tony Alford. I just think that the relationship that he has with Alford, provided that Tony Alford doesn't end up going somewhere else and, uh, you know, upsetting this entire apple cart. I think Ohio State gets Richard Young. I think that uh, right now, if, if you had to say sign somewhere today, it would be Ohio State. I don't see any reason that that should change because the Buckeyes offense is going to continue to uh, show off a diversity 
and an opportunity to to really uh, capitalize on what Richard Young does well. That kid can catch the ball. He is. Uh, I don't know if he's as explosive as Travion Henderson is, but he is a little bit different in the fact that he brings a little bit more power to the running game. Uh, that sort of compliment, as Zach said, I think is just a perfect fit um, for Ohio State. And again, the relationship with Tony Alford, and then you combine that with the Florida stuff, with the Derek LeBlancs, with the Peyton Kirkland. Um, with even with John Walker and some of the other guys down there, there's there's a lot of good things about why Richard Young is at the top of my list. Asterisk, Sonny Styles not including Zach, your number one asterisk player, AJ Harris, five star cornerback from Glenwood School. Why? Bunch of the reasons you guys said. Um, I think he's a that classic three and done potential, classic three and done player. Um, I can back up the you talked about him being a dog on the field. I mean, when we were out at the opening, he was on the same seven on seven team as CJ Hicks and Xavier Wampa and uh, Desan McCullough. And they were loving uh, some trash talk. I mean, they were trash talking LSU uh, quarterback commit Walker Howard just endlessly. And AJ, AJ uh, picked off um, now. Oh, I don't remember who it was because it wasn't K Klubnik, but it might've been Walker Howard picked him off and housed it a hundred yards going the other way. I mean, he is just an absolute game breaking cornerback. Um, and going back to this stuff I said about, um, about Mateo and this, that cover one cover three, like that base defense that they had in 2019. I mean, you had chase young and Jeff Okuda, Okuda locking down one side of the field. I mean, AJ Harris would be able to lock down, um, would be able to lock down that side of the field and, I mean, they only want two corners in the 23 class as of right now. So I think that puts even more emphasis to to wind up landing your number one guy. Yeah, he's extremely important to the Ohio State plans. And and what you said is right. You got to have guys in that defense. If that's the scheme that Ohio State wants to run, you have to have guys that can win one-on-one battles. A.J. Harris is certainly someone who can do that. Sonny Styles is someone who can do that. That's why he's all of our number ones. He can win one-on-one battles. He can probably win four-on-one battles. He can probably win 11-on-one battles. I don't think there's anything Sonny Styles couldn't do. I'm he could run for president tomorrow, and I'd vote for him. I don't know if he's – he's actually not eligible to become president of the United States. Zach, go back to college, learn your <laughs> civics. Never. That's that's Zach Carpenter. That's Andrew Ellis. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, The List 2023. Thank you for watching. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe. Join us over on LettermanRow.com. We'll talk to you in the Letterman Lounge. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and 
Vermont, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.